Hey, what's going on guys? It's Rob here with a fighter story and today I sat down with Alec Robinson. Alec is the CEO of Iron and Ink Fitness. He's also the tour manager for Throw the Fight and he's also a host of a podcast which is getting larger and larger every single day. On top of that, the dude is covered in ink. You should look him up on Instagram. He's Alec Robinson. And our talk, we didn't really have anything planned. We we tried putting this together a few times, and our schedules are just so busy, we weren't able to get together. And we ended up talking a lot about Kratom, um, depression, uh, withdrawal, and addiction. And Alec has been sober for a little over five years, if I believe, if I remember right. And he's just recently gotten clean off of Kratom, which is a very big deal for him. And so we talked a lot about that and kind of his path getting off of Kratom and going through the pink cloud and what it feels like coming off. And he is now living a completely clean life and he's discovering the stresses that also come with that and discovering all these new emotions and everything. So today's talk was amazing. Um, I really hope we can actually sit down and do this again. Him and I kind of clicked and it could have went on for hours. Um, him and I actually, we really seem to mesh. So we're going to get together again here in a few months in the future and uh, sit down and kind of catch up with him, see where he's at. But for now, let's go ahead and introduce you to Alec Robinson on a fighter store. Some of my listeners don't know who you are. Um, this is Alec Robinson. You want to kind of give us a little brief intro as to who you are, what you do, and kind of go from there and start shooting from the hip. Yeah, yeah. My name is Alec. Uh, I'm 28. I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, just relocated down to St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, a little over six months ago. Um, I, uh, along with my business partner, uh, I help run a, a clothing brand called Iron Inning Fitness. It's a, it's a tattoo-inspired streetwear brand. And yeah, lived in Minnesota my whole life, was out in California when I was in the Marine Corps, and then went back home in, uh, after that. And then, I mean, you're from Michigan, so you get it. The, the cold weather takes a, takes a toll on you. So yeah. finally, yeah. Uh, finally decided to take the plunge and now here in uh in in uh the gulf coast of uh florida and uh it's it's like 75 degrees every single day and i definitely cannot complain about that whatsoever but um uh the the reasoning behind me being on here is i i have a, a long long history of dealing with anxiety depression and then it got into some serious substance abuse issues. Um, 
I have five, almost five and a half years from alcohol and, um, and narcotics. And then, um, something that we can get into is, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I've dealt with anxiety and depression my whole life. And I always, you know, when I talk about, you know, mental health issues, substance abuse issues, I always say no one wakes up in the morning and and says, Hey, I want to be a, you know, I want to be an addict or, you know, I want, I want to live a life filled with anxiety and depression. It's kind of the cards we're dealt and and we deal with them, how we, how we deal with them uh, for a long time. I dealt with them in a very, very poor way. And that was using alcohol and narcotics. And so, I mean, I, I grew up playing hockey. So overall I was a high level hockey player, but I still, I mean, anyone from, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan kind of knows, you know, how that game goes. It's, it's yeah you're an athlete but you're also kind of a party animal it's just it just kind of comes with the culture that's just how it goes and oh yeah and i started yeah i started hockey is the worst too by the way it It, it seems like yeah i i played hockey as well and yeah you get yeah the rep you earn the reputation though so it's not like the reputation is thrown out there for nowhere but yeah it's earned it's (laughs) it's funny there's you, you know you might get one two three you know I guess, you know, goody two shoes on a team, but for the most part, it's pretty standard, you know, yeah, you, you, it's just funny looking back, playing high school hockey, yeah, it would be games on Thursdays and Saturdays, and getting hammered on Fridays, and then hammered right after games on Saturday nights, it's just, it's, but, but it's funny, you know, when you're 15, 16, 17 years old, I mean, it, it doesn't slow you down in the slightest bit, you wake up in the morning and you're, you're good to go. Obviously the older you get, you know, the more challenging it becomes doing that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I, um, I started drinking at a young age and I think I realized real fast. I'm like, Oh, I'm way too good at this. Like, this is, this is a problem. you know, as the years go on, I, I found out that, that, alcoholism and and drug abuse is so incredibly prevalent in both sides of my family and um and yeah I anxiety came quick for me it was my it was actually it you know flip switched my head first day of sixth grade and been dealing with it ever since but anyone knows anything about anxiety usually you don't get you, you don't get just one usually you get both so with anxiety comes depression that came a little bit later later on in my life but but it hit me hard it hit me really really hard and I actually ended up in an inpatient psychiatric hospital twice um, throughout high school my my junior and my senior year from trying to commit suicide so went down a deep deep dark hole at a very very young age so it's something that I've just been having to deal with my whole life and it's scary when you're that young because you don't exactly know what's going on you're like what's wrong with me why do I feel this way there's no real there's real and even then even though it wasn't that long ago there wasn't even really a whole lot of education or or understanding on it 
it was kind of, it, it's even to this day, I mean, mental health is so unbelievably stigmatized, crazy yeah. how it's, how it, how it's just not, it's not something that is talked about. So, and, and it, it blows my mind because it, it's so incredibly common. It's like everyone you meet has some form of it. You know, obviously there's some people out there who are, you know, are lucky and they just don't have those chemical imbalances in their head but 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 a lot of people do especially with all the shit going on nowadays it's just it's ridiculous so so yeah i i began my battle with all that at a very young age and me being me i thought it would be smart you know hey i'll just go into the military um military is very common in my family grandfather father uncle i mean i'm i'm a I'm a third generation Marine. So I thought that'd be good. And it was for a while. It's because, you know, once you get in, when you're new, it's just, you're, you're so busy and you're, it's, you're, it's such a culture shock that you can't even really, you, you don't even have time to think for yourself. So it was kind of weird my first year or so I'm kind of like, Oh, I'm good. And then as you pick up rank, you get more freedom and everything like that. You get more, and it just kind of, everything just kind of, imploded back in on me and and again i i joined another culture where drinking is incredibly common and so it was just one of those things where it's ev- and i'm not talking i'm, I'm talking every day like even ba- like you're you're having beers with your butt every single day it's not a it's not a weekend warrior type thing or like in college where you know it's like a you know thursday or through you know saturday i mean i didn't go to college so i don't exactly know how that goes but it's an everyday thing it's your fridge is stocked up every single day and so i got deep into that um started to become issues for me again and then and then when i got out it uh i got into a relationship right right after or essentially towards the tail end of my enlistment uh and we started dating when when we got in or when I got out and um yeah that 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 ended up disastrous um don't want to drag her too much through the mud but just you know ended up getting into a relationship with someone who had borderline personality disorder and she absolutely mind fucked me I'll tell you that and so that just you know put me into a downroad spiral of drinking again and that went on for years after that. And, you know, DUI, you know, fights, all that just just was going nowhere fast. Very, very fast. Um, and when you're in it, you're deep and you don't, there's no, there's no end in sight. And I, 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 I mean, I don't know if I can speak for you, but you're, it's, it's weird. I've kind of thought about it a lot over the years but when you're drinking it's almost I almost feel like it's when I was drinking is the most present I've ever been in my life where all where it's just that moment and so I guess there is that good aspect of it where you're like holy shit I'm living in the moment due to you know alcohol but it's like it's weird how how much it makes you feel present in your life and and 
it's it's such a weird concept to grasp where you're you're doing something that's negative but at the same time it's the only time you're ever actually living in a mo- in that moment and i i haven't i haven't had that ever since i mean with work to personal stuff and everything you're always looking so far down the line and everything and it, it's such a hard thing to do to to try and stay present but i i just I was actually thinking about that the other day after I'm in therapy again and was talking with my therapist and, and he asked me, what, what do you think was something that, you know, drew you into drinking and why you continued to do so? And I was like, well, to suppress a lot of shit, but also it's, it, it didn't, it made you not think about the next day. It just, it kept you in a moment even though the moment might not be good, you're in a moment. And, and that's hard to do when you're sober is to, to not let your mind wander. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, to, to truly stay present. I, it's one of my biggest issues I have to this day is, is by, is trying to stay present and not focus too much on tomorrow, the next day, the day after that. Um, and then, so, I mean, fast forward, I, I had a, my last huge oops where I ended up getting physical with my mother and my father. And that was the light bulb in my head that was like, yo, you got to do something or else you're going to lose everything. Right. And, and cause that was the case. I mean, I've put my, I put my family through hell. I mean, I've done. How old were you at this point? I was 23 okay so i was 23 and i had put essentially i'd put my my family through hell for over a decade and absolute just absolute hell i i mean the the laundry lit like we could be here for three hours me you know telling you all the shit i did to my family just run through a four step real quick and just knock it all out oh yeah (laughs) um and, and so I did, I told myself, I was like, Hey, all right, this is it. I remember I was, it was the net, it was the day after I didn't even know what I did the night or the day prior, mm-hmm. um, found out from them the next morning and I left and I was sitting in the, I remember this, like it was yesterday. I was sitting in the gym lock in the gym parking lot in my vehicle. And I sent out a group text to my family and I was like, Hey, I'm never going to drink again. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll see how long that lasts. And I didn't, I quit. Really? Um, yep. I have not had a drop of alcohol since July 2nd, 2016. And, and so, yeah, got sober at 23. I'm 28 now. Um, for you, man. But Congratulations. I thank you. Um, I mean, in all honesty, so I I didn't go to AA. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't help. I can do this, and I did it, and I've been doing it. Um, but I wasn't doing anything to benefit myself by any means, right? Uh, and so it was a little over a year ago. I was listening to a podcast, and I have chronic pain. I have no cartilage in my knees. My body is beat to shit. I have, my back is fucked up. My left shoulder, um, 
it just my from my time in the military i just it just it just just it takes such a toll on your body and so i pain all the time and i was listening to a podcast and they're talking about this product they're like it's this natural product it's great for anxiety it gives you energy um it's it's good for for uh yeah i was like holy (laughs) what i was like this is amazing and it's a product i don't know if you're familiar with it's called kratom oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's yeah i was pretty familiar with it as you started listing off like the side effects for it and everything yeah yeah Yeah, so um they're like yep it's this natural it's been around for thousands of years and i was like holy okay and then you think like weed natural plant i don't smoke weed because i'm i wouldn't regardless of my sobriety anyways um but i'm allergic to thc so i couldn't even smoke weed if i wanted to but i was like oh this is awesome and i stopped at uh i i use an electronic cigarette only vice i have is my nicotine that's it i gave up chewing as well two two some years ago so i'm just a quitter in general i'm, I'm good at quitting shit <laughs> so wait what happens if you ingest thc you said you're allergic uh, I, to get, it. I get uh i get really really bad hives really really bad hives um and come to find out it was it was funny speaking that i was talking uh i was having a conversation a few years ago with my my dad and and we were t- we were talking he was he's my dad has always been a very you know straight laced person and we we're talking about weed and i was like yeah i i smoked weed when i haven't i've been smoked weed since i was like 14 years old because that happened and it terrified me and i goes yeah i had this super bad reaction when i smoked weed and he goes oh well i'm, I'm allergic to thc and i was like great you couldn't have given me a heads up that if I was going to do it, I might fucking die. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So I, but I, I thought in my mind, I was like, you know, medical marijuana, I know so many people that get so many great benefits from smoking weed and everything. So I didn't even think about it. And I went, I had to go to, um, to a smoke shop. So I stopped there and I saw they had it there and I just started asking the guy questions about it. He's like, Oh yeah, it's great. I use it all the time. And I was like, so I was like, it's all natural. He's like, yep. Like we didn't really dive a whole lot into it, but it was like, they had them in, in pill form. And I was like, so, so what do I do? Is it just like take one, two pills? Are you good? He's like, yeah, you can take up to four. Um, he's like, yeah, if it gets some, take a, have a drink with some acidity, it'll kick in faster. And I probably should have known then when he said kick in faster. <laughs> I was like, oh, this might not. But it's weird. I didn't even fucking bat an eye. I didn't even think about it. And so, uh, to give a brief over, I have my my tolerance for for narcotics is absolutely unbelievable. Like I've had a doctor say, he's like, you're a medical marvel. The the fact that you're still alive at after the amount of of pills you put in your system. So I mean. You know, when I get prescribed narcotics, you know, I think what they usually, it was what, 20 to 25 pills they usually prescribe you and then no refills after that. I'd put 25 pills down in a sitting like over uh, over the night because anyone who's ever used narcotics knows if you have them, you take them. It's not a, oh, it, you just, that's just how it goes. So I went home that night and I was watching TV and I, I took four pills and nothing happened. And I was like, oh, this 
it's fucking lame well I'll, I'll take some more and then i took four more i was like oh this is bullshit this stuff doesn't do anything so then i took four more and then probably like 15 minutes after taking four more i was like oh this is a familiar feeling and that night i put the full bag of 30 down and i knew that moment that i was fucked i just know myself so well i know because i i tell everyone i'm pretty vocal about like sobriety and, and my anxiety and depression i'm mm -hmm. like my favorite fucking thing in the world is to be drunk or high i fucking love it it's the best i there's there's it is it is my favorite thing in the world, but I can't do it. I just can't do it. So I went on a year bender off this stuff. It started smaller. And then just with anything, um, your tolerance builds. So I was starting to, um, and then I found some stuff online, some companies and everything. So I was having bags. I think there were like 300 gram bags shipped to me. And I was like, oh, great. This will last me a while. And then, you know, it would take me, uh, you know, two, three weeks to go through a 300 gram bag. And then next thing I know, it was two weeks and then a week. And then I got down here to Florida and it's everywhere. I'm talking everywhere. Like you drive down the streets and there's Kratom Delta 8 signs everywhere. Yeah, and so, Delta 8 stuff is starting to pop up everywhere, oh, bro. It, like, it's ridiculous. Nowhere. Yeah, and so I ended up finding a shop that sold it by the by the kilo. So I was buying it Jesus. kilo, and I was doing, I was I was putting a a, a a kilo down every week and a half, and so as my progression went on, it was like I would do it at the end of the day, and then that turned into early in the afternoon end of the day and then it turned into morning afternoon and then it, it turned into like every hour and a half i'd redose no, and you drinking it or were you taking yeah, like the caps yeah. and drinking it yeah. yeah i was drinking it so i would mix it in with it's it's yeah it's and i'm good at and and it, i still function but it what it did in it is it made me want to self-isolate so much it was like it was like I had this, these whispers in my ear, like, hey, you got to go home. You got to go home. And that's your happy spot. So I would no joke, like my kind of safe haven of a place was I would literally sit on the toilet and watch movies on my phone for hours. I'm talking. <laughs> so I'm, I'm laughing, not at you, but that's what I did when I used. Yeah. So yeah. I would actually... So I would snort pills and okay. so I would use like countertops or whatever, yeah. and I would just sit on the toilet and I would snort like, you know, whatever prescription medications oh. and yep. then just hang out there on my phone for yep. hours until like my oh. leg would fall asleep in like yep. painful. Yep. And yeah. So that, that's the crazy thing about it is I would usually, I do everything I could to get, get out of the office as quickly as I could. I'd, I'd like work out and like I'd skip my workout because I just wanted to go redose. So, I, so I, I self isolated and, and I would like on average, almost every single day, I would sit in, in on the toilet in my bathroom 
from like 4 p.m. to 9. And then I'd eat some, fo- eat some food, redose at least two more times before I'd go to bed that night. I'd be, I mean, I, I'd go to bed at like 3 in the morning every night and wake up at 7 in the morning. And, um, and that's, that's what I did. And then it was crazy. Um, I'd say it was, yeah, it was early, early October, all of a sudden panic and anxiety would kick in. And I hadn't had a panic attack in over a year because all this stuff. So, uh, back up a bit, a few, maybe I didn't even think about it for the first few months of using it but then for some reason i just started doing a deep dive on it on on google and i realized what it is mm-hmm. and it's just a natural opioid it yeah. it attaches to your opioid receptors the same exact fucking way as as opioids do yeah and so i'm like oh shit i'm i'm i might as well just be doing opioids right now and so but it it numbed everything for me from bad feelings to anxiety, depression. It just, it put me in this like complete self-isolation tunnel vision state where I wanted nothing to do with anyone. All I wanted to do was be alone, get high and watch movies and TV on my phone. That's all I wanted to do. And fast forward to around, yeah, early October, I I had this overwhelming panic attack and I'm like, what what the hell what the hell is going on? And then I started getting every single day. And all those negative thoughts started kicking in again to a point where I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this anymore. And I think a lot of the really, really bad negative thoughts were where I was like, I have to quit this. But if I quit, I have to tell people what I've been doing behind everyone's back for over a year. And just that shame and guilt kicked in. And I think that's what started sparking my anxiety. Because I knew if I didn't quit, something bad was going to happen. I mean, I was thinking of, you know, I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to live like this anymore. I got in the most unbelievable depressive state that I've ever been in and I was just like I, and and those suicidal thoughts started coming into my head I was like started ma- thinking up shit where I was like well I live I live in an apartment complex I live on the third floor that's not gonna do it I was like right down the road is an exit ramp with a guardrail in the middle and I was like if I hit that going fast enough that that would do it and I just started thinking about all this shit over again and it was a Saturday and it was the first thing I would I would take my first dose in the morning it was immediately after waking up and I took my I I took my first dose of the day sat down on the toilet and just had this unbelievable panic attack and I and I was like if I don't if I don't do this now that's something bad is going to happen very soon so i was like i i have i have to tell my parents i fucking have to and it was the scariest fucking thing in the world because i knew my parent 
to, in all honesty, I was in such a frantic, horrible state where I didn't exactly know how my parents were going to react if they'd be, cause they're the, I have the most unbelievable, supportive, just most amazing parents in the world who have been so supportive of, of me throughout everything in my whole life. But I was so fucked up in my head that I didn't know if they were going to take it well. But finally I somehow gathered enough courage and I FaceTimed them fucking utter breakdown and told them everything that I'd been doing. And they took it well. And we started, they're like, they didn't know anything about this stuff. My, my mm-hmm. family's in the, both, both my parents are in the medical field and they're like, we have no fucking idea what this shit is. So it was kind of like, they're getting this thing out of left field and I do explain it to them. And they like looked it up and everything. And they're like, holy shit. So uh, I was seeing someone at the time and I also called her and told her everything that was happening. And I was like, I got to go to the ER and I get all my healthcare taken care of at a, at a VA hospital. That's about 30 minutes from me. And I was like, I got to go to the ER. I don't know what the process is. I don't know if it's going to be the same as like detox, detoxing off opioids. I know the withdrawals are going to be crazy and everything. And so she came over and we drove to the ER at the VA. And the fucking craziest part of it is the VA promotes Kratom use. They promote it. And they really? they promote it for people who are coming off opioids and heroin and everything. But it's something that is actually like thumbs up. Like, yeah. It's not as bad as opioids, so if you're going to do something, do this stuff. It's crazy. I know there's and- a big, like, line on where people, like, kind of fall on whether you like it or not. Like, here in Michigan, you can get it, but it's at, like, smoke shops or, like, liquor shops, you know, yeah. like, but it's not going to be in, like, the good side of town. You know, you yeah. got you to gotta yeah. go to, like, the fun side of town. um and that's kind of that's where it is and it's it's sold openly obviously but there's so many people that are like it's it's good for you it's an alternative to this you know exactly like you're saying and yeah i don't know i've i've had friends that have taken it that love it and use this stuff to this day and then i've also had friends that take it and say that they're basically using dope so they just start using dope again you know yep. it's, yeah it's it really it, it's it's one or the other it's yeah it's either it's it helps i mean people take it and they i mean i'm the type of person where i can't put anything in my body that makes me feel good because if i if i do that then it's a slippery fucking slope for me so yeah i went to the er um they knew about it and everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite a huge issue down here in Florida. And so they're like, well, unfortunately there's really not a whole lot we can do for you. You just got to go through the withdrawals. You got to detox. And so they gave me some like anti-diarrheal stuff and anxiety, um, like a, some sort of anti-anxiety medication and then um an anti-nausea and they're like you just gotta have it fucking clear your system and so i because i was using such heavy doses my 
my withdrawals kicked in fast. So I went to bed at night, not because it's weird. I never withdrew off narcotics because I would always just start drinking when I'd start feeling like shit. So I never had like really got through withdrawal. So I didn't really know what to expect. And I was like, oh, you know, it won't be bad. I woke up in the middle of the night and it was just all downhill from there. I was puking my guts out, couldn't fall asleep. And so my withdrawals, it was physically, it was utterly miserable for a, probably a, a solid 10 days. I went from 215 pounds down to 190 pounds in like 10 days. Mm. Um, because I, I physically could not eat food. I, I yeah. couldn't I puking nonstop everything. And, but it's crazy. I, I think I was on day three of my, so it was a Wednesday. So yeah, or day, day four. And I just started like Googling Kratom withdrawals and shit. And I found a subreddit on it. And I'm not, I've never really been on, I've never gone on Reddit or anything. I'm, I'm not too familiar with it. So I was just reading some of, so there was a, a subreddit called Quitting Kratom. It has like 30,000 people in it. It's fucking crazy. And I was like reading all these posts and everything. And I just like had a breakdown because I was like, holy shit, there are so many people out there that are dealing with the same exact thing that I am right now. And I posted something because they had like a daily check-in where it's like here in here, post your, you know, your, uh, your recovery, uh, where you're at in your recovery for the day. And I posted on there and then I got a message from someone shortly after. And they're like, Hey, so you posted in the subreddit. We have this, uh, this, we have bi-weekly Zoom meetings, a quitting Kratom Zoom meeting. And I was like, oh, oh, that's that's cool. And like I said, I'd never gone to AA or any. I'd never right. been to a meeting in my life. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And But I was like, I mean, fuck it. I'm miserable as shit right now. I'll give it a go. So I joined the meeting and they on uh, so the meets are wednesdays and sundays and on wednesday they have uh someone share their for the first 30 minutes of, of the meeting they have someone share their story like what their story is great right right um and i'm listening i'm sitting here listening to this person tell their story about their experience with kratom and i just fucking had a meltdown because i was like the person speaking right now is me is exactly like my experience. And I, they urge everyone, especially the newcomers to like share, like, even if it's like, Hey, say your name, what day you're on, just like, just share something. And I've, I've been no, no, I've, I've never had issues like sharing my, my, you know, my story about some, I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll share. And I shared and I 
because I was on like day three or four and I just got this overwhelming response from everyone in the group. And then I got a message sidebar from one of the guys. He's like, Hey, you know, it's, it's crazy. Listening to you talk is like listening to my or watching myself in the mirror. He's like, I've been in recovery for over 20 years. Um, you rem- remind me a lot about myself. Here's my number. If you want to talk. And so I, I started reaching out to him. Uh, he's, you know, a guy in his, in his mid forties. And I think that next day we sat and talked on the phone for like an hour and a half. And he kind of walked me through what to possibly expect and everything. And he's like, kind of told me about his recovery process. And I told him, you know, I'd never been a part of anything like this. I don't know how it works. And since then, I mean, it's been, so I've been, yesterday was two months clean off Kratom. And in the past two months, I've put more effort into these past two months into my own recovery than I had all five and a half years of my, my, my sober years. Congratulations, man. That's big. Thank you. And so I go to these meetings twice a week. I see a therapist on zoom every Monday and I check in with that guy every single day. I write down my daily thoughts and I send them to him at the end of the night. He's like like my sponsor essentially. Yeah. 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 And it's so what he, what I was told and, and it's crazy. It's pretty, it's pretty common with everyone. After you get about like your first two weeks off Kratom, you get this thing, they call it like the pink cloud. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you're just like on fucking cloud nine. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're living the dream. And I, that hit me hard. And I was like, Holy shit. I feel amazing. I got this new spark for life and everything. You start and seeing then, the sun again and smell oh, shit yeah. again. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh my God, is this what my life's going to be like? And then about two, two weeks into that, I crashed hard. And yep. that that's kind of where I'm sitting at right now. It's weird is I'm, I haven't felt great for a while. Um, and it's, it's something that's frustrating because it's like, what else do I got to fucking do? I'm yeah. put for the first time I'm putting all this effort into it. I'm clean. I'm doing my thing and I still feel like fucking shit. And, <laughs> and, but at the same time, I'm not upset about it because for the first time in my life, even all those five years of being sober from alcohol, I'm feeling stuff. Like I feel sadness and I haven't allowed myself to feel sadness ever. I would just mask it with something else. So when I, even though I was sober from, from alcohol and everything, I would, you know, if I'd start to feel the slightest bit of uncomfort, I'd, you know, I traded it with working out with work was like, I went through like, a, you know, just a rant, like a sex addiction where I was just, just having just so many partners and everything where I just, I wouldn't allow myself to feel what a normal fucking person is supposed to feel. 
because any time my whole life when I felt the slightest bit of discomfort, I would use something just to smash that shit down because I was like, no, I don't want, I don't want to feel this. So even though I, I was sober, I wasn't allowing myself and, and, and seeing like, holy shit, Alec, you have all this discomfort. You're not feeling well. Your, your mental state's not at the greatest, at the greatest point right now. You can either do something about it or you just, you know, add, add something to the fucking fire. And I've just been piling out of the fire my whole life until now. Yeah. yeah and I don't, I don't know what it was that when I decided to get sober from this Kratom shit where something in my head was like, all right, it's now or never. And that's everything. Yeah. You're either, you're either going to put the effort into trying to better and find yourself or sooner or later, you're just going to find another Kratom or you're going to go back to Kratom or you're going to go back to alcohol. And, and I, and something inside me told me this is this is the time and now this is this is my time so yeah i i don't feel the greatest right now but i i know that it's only up from here yeah it has to be well i know yeah so i know like so from my experience i know like exactly what you mean by like that pink cloud and everything like i did the rehab thing um you know like my first year maybe probably two years of like sobriety i was like pretty religious on like what meetings i went to um, yeah like did the transitional housing thing you know did all that stuff so like the pink cloud you know like i i, I get all that it's i think like like i'm in a really really weird spot in my recovery right now too like i don't really go to meetings um yeah. i, I kind of just like fell off you know honestly like i got arrogant and you know said fuck it um, as we all do yeah like i'll pop in every now and then but uh i've noticed like in that spot you're talking about like that funk the only thing that's ever gotten me out of it is oddly to help out other people you know well, like, I was <laughs> it's the strangest thing ever but like literally having like the worst day ever the best thing to fix it is like to when your phone rings and somebody needs help to go actually help them like it's it's weird but it 100 percent it it always helps out like, but i literally could not agree more and like like today i haven't been feeling great and then now like sitting here having this conversation with you is by far the best i've felt all day is because oh, yeah. is there's something special about having conversations with addicts because yeah, what, I've come to, what I've come to find out, what I've come to find out is, you know, for me, I don't have anyone else in my life that um, that is an addict. Um, they're not recovering alcoholics. Like my my whole my whole immediate family, none of them have have issues with addiction. My friends don't have have issues with addiction, so they can all be under they can all be sympathetic and but they they'll never understand yeah they will never understand why i'm why i'm feeling the way i'm feeling like why i'm having you know stringing days together where you know i'm not feeling well while yeah. why I'm having a hard time because they don't they don't have 
they don't have those those thoughts in their heads where it's we live in a world now where it's I think I did a video and I put it on my Instagram not too long ago where I said something clicked in my my mind where I was like I have to be sober for the rest of my life and I've always I've known that I'm like I have to be sober but something sat something sat with me where I'm like Al you have to be sober and you have this carrot just dangling in front of your face all day every day wherever you go you go to a grocery store there's alcohol there you go you know you you drive by you know 18 shops on the way to work that say fucking kratom with big neon signs that are it just constantly all day every day you're telling you have to tell yourself no and it's fucking exhausting yeah. And it's exhausting and it makes you sad and it makes you angry that you, you can't just, you can't just go out with everyone else and have, have a few drinks and call it a night. Uh, you can't, you can't do, you can't do shit like that. You can't sit on your couch and smoke a bowl and fucking giggle at a movie. You can't do that. And it makes me, makes me sad and it makes me angry that, that I have to live like this but it's, it's what I got to do. And only addicts get that. When, when I, when, when I say that to someone who doesn't deal with, with addiction issues, they, it, it, it doesn't compute because that they don't have that thing in their head where they're like, Oh yeah, I can have two drinks and call it a day. It's like, no, I, 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 I can't have, any drinks because if i have one that means i'm going to be blacked out at the end of the night because i i don't have the the self-control to to not stop people who don't or haven't dealt with those issues they don't understand that and the only people who do are other addicts and so there's such a powerful comfort being able to have conversations with people who truly fucking understand you and what the wildest thing is is most of the time they're fucking strangers. Like me and you don't know each other at all. Oh yeah, no, we not don't know. A bit. We don't know shit about each other. Nothing. But we can sit here and have a conversation, and I can fucking to my core understand how you feel. And that a, doesn't with yeah, other people. I think a big part of that is uh, like when you've been to the bottom, you know, like you dug the hole and you've been down there and yeah. you've been to the dark spot and then like you've gotten out you're okay you know like telling people you know like hey life's not that bad you know like you're okay like being humble life has already humbled you you know so like it's it's there's this vulnerability that we kind of hold of like our faults you know of like we kind of like hold everything bad that we've done and put it in like this treasure chest and like nobody needs to know about it but like the fucked up thing is is like as soon as you start talking about some shit that you've done and you're in one of those meetings that as soon as you open up that box that's the shit that's going to get everybody else to trust you more to want to talk to you more and those are going to be the conversation pieces that's going to be like all right cool he's been through some shit you know and it's like yeah it i don't i don't normalizes everything oh yeah, yeah. no yeah I don't, I don't trust, trust who, i don't trust anybody yeah you i know? don't trust people who say they've never they don't they don't have problems or they're happy all the time i'm like you're out of your fucking mind yeah no i feel like yeah. I, but i also feel like as addicts we've done 
you know like it i guess like just like the the level of like shitty is up to your computation you know but i mean like we've everybody has done shitty things even like karen you know i mean like you know everybody knows who karen is you know it's just what level you know and so like karen may have like flirted with the mailman one day whereas like you and i may have like went off and like cheated on our girl and you know like done an eight ball of coke and drank a fifth on her credit card you know and that was and that that was a tuesday to whereas like they're still the same thing they're still those skeletons are in the closet it's just ours seem to be so socially wrong that we deem them as like these like unbrandished things you like can't bring them to the light whereas karen yeah. still feels the same exact way it's just there's that such a gap in communication between the two that there's just judgment left oh absolutely and that's that's kind of the crazy aspect of it is like when being an addict i don't know if you feel this way but like when i when when you talk about it with someone who doesn't deal with it it's like you have to prove that you're not a shitty person anymore. Yeah. Like you prove to them, like, this is what I did. I don't do that stuff anymore. So what do I have to say to make you not look at me like I'm fucking absolute garbage? See, I've and talked that, to some that, people that have been around for a while. And apparently yeah. that feeling goes away. I, yeah. don't, I don't know when, but apparently that goes away. Um, a big thing I'm curious about is so like we've gotten you know like into a lot of like your past and what you've gone through and what you like you're going through congrats yeah. on the sobriety by the way that's fucking Thanks. dope and quitting Kratom is huge I myself had to crit Percocet um, never fucking doing that again I know Kratom is essentially the same shit so yeah. so that's big especially when you can literally just go to a liquor store and pick it up it's it's ridiculous um but i'm trying to figure out how you became the ceo of like your company um you're a tour manager for a band um your instagram is pretty lit you have your website you know your own podcast you know how are you kind of like being able to like run all of these things and you're not just like half-assing them you know like like your brand is you have a legitimate clothing company um, yeah, it's, the band uh, that you represent is a legitimate band you're not just helping out a buddy's garage band for fun you yeah. know like playing on pro tools um, yeah. <laughs> so like how are you kind of going from like that dark side of your life and putting that mask on to go out to to create this this brand I guess you'll call so, it I mean you you essentially are a brand you know yeah so um so Jeff is the owner of the brand. I, I run it with him. He started it back in 2014. I came on board in 2015 and it's kind of crazy. So um, well, one, I'll tell you with all this stuff, it takes a toll on you. It's exhausting. It takes a fucking mm-hmm. toll on you and uh, it, it can, it, it, uh, it, it, it's mentally hard, but you, you have to always kind of have the big picture in mind of what what it is now and what you want it to be and the growth we've had with like the clothing company has been fucking wild since you know the beginning jeff started it with like five grand in his in his uh 
in his bedroom back in 2014. But it's kind of funny. So I met Jeff before I got sober, actually. But we really started communicating when I got sober. So um, it's funny when you once you give yourself that mental clarity, a lot of things that you never would have seen that were sitting in front of your face the whole time kind of appear to you. And that's one of the beauties of sobriety is you give, you give yourself this mental clarity to see all these opportunities that you never would have seen unless you, you got sober. So um, my family, we have a, a, a nonprofit and we were getting ready to do our, our launch party back in 2015. And um, I thought, oh, it'd be really cool to like do t-shirt giveaways at the, at, at, the, um, at the opening party and everything. And I was like, well, hey, let me reach out to this guy. Uh, I found out he was local and see if, if he might be interested in, do, in doing like a collaboration um, with, with us for this launch party. And I reached out and he responded and ended up having like a two hour meeting with him oh, yeah. at Starbucks in Eden Prairie, Minnesota back in 2015. And it was just too close to the, the launch date. So it ended up not working out, but I think it might've been like the week later, I was working this fucking shitty job at a nutrition shop hating my life having no because I just gotten out of the military I mean months prior and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life all I knew was one thing and that was the Marine Corps that's it it's kind of like everything you do before that is just erased from your memory you don't know anything because it's just pounded in your head you know this lifestyle and so I had no idea what I wanted to do I was 22 years old um, no college education. I was essentially started fresh. And he reached out to me like a week after our meeting was like, Hey, I got a new product coming out. Um, would you be interested in doing photos for them? And I was like, I had like a half sleeve and like, or I had like two half sleeves and like, I had a little bit of my back down to my chest. And I was like, I'd never done photos for anything before, but I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Mm -hmm. so we went and did photos and then got along really well um ended up grabbing some dinner and just kind of talking and talking about the brand and everything and he like kind of gave me the the situation um where uh on what the what was going on with the brand him and his buddy were living together in a condo and he was you know had his computer up in the bedroom and he had a closet with with all the inventory in it and was just running it out of his out of his uh out of his you know his condo and everything and it, it's funny you, with social media and everything you it, it you paint a picture in your head of what something is and then when you find out what it is you, it kind of like blows your mind so i was like holy shit you know this this is awesome that you're doing it here i thought it was you know a completely different operation and everything mm -hmm. um and so me and him just continued talking and we're nine years apart uh so he's a lot older than me so it was like it was a the first time that I was like again interacting with someone who wasn't just like I just want to drink and party my face off and shit like that and so I just started kind of helping him out with with uh with the uh 
oh, I lose. Okay. Um, I started, I'd, I'd go over to his apartment every, or to his condo every day and help him like pack orders and stuff like that. And we'd shoot the shit about the brand and, and the development and everything like that. And then he, he, uh, he was like, Hey, I'm in a band. We're playing this, uh, we're playing this festival. Uh, would you want to come and meet the guys and hang out and everything? And I was like, sure. And it was more heavy music. And I, I, before, before and I, I had no real, you know, knowledge of that type of music. I grew up in Minnesota and it was all fucking country music and just boring shit. Yeah. And so like, I was like, yeah, not, not exactly my style, but I'll come check it out. So it was a festival. So their, 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 uh, their set wasn't until later in the night. So I went and met all the guys, got along with them. It was awesome. And then watched them play their set. And like, I was like, holy shit, this is wild and helped them load gear unload gear and everything and then the following weekend they're playing another show and they're like hey do you want to come help out i was like yeah absolutely so i went and helped out at that show and everything and they didn't have a tour manager at the time jeff's brother was kind of taking that on um and i was like i really like the behind the scenes stuff and i was like i'd love to do anything that i possibly can to help you guys out and he, so he started showing me, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff and everything. And then since then, I just did everything on the road for him. So it's funny, same thing with the clothing brand. It's just like, you, you opportunities will arise. And I was lucky enough to one, be sober to actually see them. Yeah, and, that's a huge thing. And so essentially same thing with like so with the clothing brand yeah i just stuck it out and and i started personal training fucking ended up hating it i was like this is not what i expected and so the the clothing brand got to the point where it got too big for his for his uh his, him and his buddy's condo uh jeff and his at the time girlfriend moved into their own condo together so we moved the whole operation there where we had a full spare bedroom and everything like that and then i just kept doing it every single day with them helping them out and uh our screen printer was you know 20 miles up the road from us um ended up creating a really good relationship with him and he was like hey uh i outgrew my space i'm looking at getting my own warehouse uh I print all your guys' shit. The majority of the stuff I print is your guys' stuff. Would you guys be interested in, in going in on a warehouse with us, with him? And we're like, fuck yeah. So then moved from the bedroom or the spare bedroom to a 3,000 square foot warehouse. Um, oh, this yeah. is all, this then, you know, obviously within, a, um, you know, two, 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 two some years. And it was still at the point where we weren't paying ourselves all the money from the clothing brand. We just funneled back in to the clothing brand because a lot of, you know, just a tip for, for you guys out there starting a business. Uh, even if you see some dollars rolling in, uh, don't put that in your pocket because put it back in your business and allow your business to grow and figure out other means to make, make money to support what you want your your business to be so um we're in this warehouse and everything and i hated personal training 
And so I reached out to our screen printer. I was like, hey, I'm here at the warehouse every day. Is there any way you would take me on and help me and, and let me work for you? And he was like, yeah, I definitely need the help because he then upgraded from just a, a, a manual press to an automatic press. So we were, we were uh, screen printing all our stuff in house. And so he took me on and I learned how to screen print and I screen printed with him for the next three years. Oh, damn. And um, so from nine in the morning to around two, depending on the day, two, three o'clock, I was screen printing and then I'd walk my happy ass over to the office uh, in the same in the same warehouse and start doing iron and ink stuff until you know eight o'clock nine o'clock at night however long we were going and uh, did that for three years up until October of 2020 where finally we we're like all right it's time let's let's do this and we uh, we both we've been we've started paying ourselves and been doing iron and ink full-time since October 2020 and then, uh, yeah, and then finally, after, you know, everything with COVID and shit, everything that happened in, in Minneapolis, we were like, we got to get out of here. You know, it's, you know, being in Minnesota is no good for our, our mental, mental state of mind. So we, we were like, hey, it's time to move. We didn't exactly know where. Um, we ended up landing on Florida and we relocated the whole business down here to, uh, to Florida in uh this past june so we've been here in florida since june uh our photographer moved down uh with us so he's down here full time and uh our our uh our videographer him and his brother run their company together they still live in minnesota but we fly them out here to do all, all our video content and everything so so yeah it uh it it was a lot of years of fucking a lot of time, a lot of eating shit to get to the point where you can make what your passion is your reality. And unfortunately, like with the band stuff, it's just, it's hard. Um, it's hard for me to, well, they've only played a few, a few shows since like all of COVID and everything. Um, but, but, um, usually one of them will all I usually stay back so I'm not exactly sure what the what the future is going to be for the for the tour manage aspect of it it's just challenging so we got to have someone here you know holding down the fort and everything but hopefully we'll be able to be able to make that make that work again um but yeah it's just it just a lot of fucking hard work man hard work sacrifice and just looking to the future enough but not separating yourself enough from the present that you're living in yeah for sure. it, it's uh because you can you can go down a you can go go down a dark path if all you're doing is worrying about about the future not not taking care of what you can in this very moment and that's one thing that my my sponsors really kind of really been cramming home to me is like He's like, dude, you, you got to keep it simple. And that's, you know, talk to me every day. Don't do fucking drugs and just worry about today and don't even think about tomorrow. And then with everything, that's kind of what I'm trying to, I'm, 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 I'm on a huge, huge mental personal journey right now. And, and it's very, it, it is, it's very hard to break uh, essentially a decade cycle of, of thinking 
Oh yeah, and that's for sure. what I'm doing right now, and and trying not to beat myself up. Well, I mean, it's also I, it's like a it's like the personal training thing, you know. It's where like you have somebody coming in that over the course of ten years they gained fifty pounds, you know, and but yet they want to lose it and you know 12 weeks it seems exactly. to be like the the 90 yeah. day transformation thing and so you know the clearly just want to lose 50 pounds in 90 days it's not that bad you know you you should be you should be able to program them that form but it's yeah. it's not how it works you know so it, it definitely Ooh. takes time thank you for saying that because i that i don't that just i had i hadn't even thought about it that way and yeah that that yeah that's yeah I didn't I mean how, how am I expect to have all these crazy major changes in such a small period of time it's just it's not possible oh, yeah. and I even thought about it that way yeah it's crazy man like I remember like I mean even recently like so I started therapy after what happened to me medically and like I'll talk to my therapist you know like we're doing this trauma therapy to where we're writing a book about everything from the past and like the other day or today whatever day it is um you know it was just like a tangent you know it was just like going off and it just it, it felt better you know at the end yeah. um it's just sometimes it, it feels good just to get some just some shit off your chest oh yeah kind of like just keep moving forward <laughs> um all right man i know you are extremely busy i'm looking at your instagram right now and there's like 400 different companies that it seems like you're working with and <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah if you don't want to uh get out of here too quick you want to kind of give the listeners just a quick update on what you guys have coming up i know iron and ink um you guys have do you have a launch coming up for the new year set right now or do you have anything going on yeah, so you said this will come out in about a week. Uh, at that time, yeah, we have a bunch of we have a new tie dye hoodie that's going to be coming out the thirty first. Okay. So that the three color tie dye. We we've we're surprisingly we're like one of two companies that actually does like custom tie dye. Um, and it's like it's not your basic swirl bullshit. It's like a marble dye stuff. It's 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 super rad it's been it's been a a big hit for us um and we yeah. just changed other ways and everything like that uh so we're, we're gonna have that coming up on um on the 31st and then but we're we're dropping stuff we're dropping stuff all the time we usually try not to go more than two three weeks without without releasing some new stuff but yeah uh yeah give us a look i mean it, it's funny uh people are get hit up a lot being like yeah iron and ink you know I, I don't i don't really have a lot of tattoos or i don't work out a whole lot and i'm like well hey have you ever heard of the brand called hurley and they're like yeah and i'm like have you ever worn stuff and they're like yeah i have some stuff and i'm like yeah. well do you and they're like no and i'm like then what the fuck's the difference yeah exactly <laughs> like if you like the stuff, you like the stuff. <laughs> that's all that matters but yeah we got we got that and then we got a, a podcast called iron and think that comes out on mondays uh give that a look uh yeah my instagram i mean yeah just uh kind of you, if, you, if you check if you i'm pretty active on my instagram so if you just check that out that kind of gives you uh an understanding of everything that's that's going on and also yeah check the band out if, if you guys like uh if you guys like 
they've changed their sound. They have a new front man. Uh, he, he's been in the band. He was the bass player. He used to AB vocals, but now he, he took over. So he's the front man. So a little different sound, a little bit, not as super heavy metal. It's more, more like you, you could say your classic, like rock music. They're called throw the fights and check them out for some gym tunes or just some everyday tunes and whatnot. But yeah, if you have uh, a you, tour coming up at all or anything, Oh, uh, they're working on some new music right now. So uh, I think there is some stuff in the works. It's it's just it's it's a bit more challenging because they all have fam. They're all they're all have kids now. Yeah. So so they so uh, tours uh, only doing tours when when they make sense and everything. But uh, but there is some stuff in the works for um, for the the spring, I believe. So definitely be they'll definitely be out on the road and everything um but yeah so that's that's about it and 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 what i say to everyone if if someone dealing with issues like you know like me please feel free to reach out um i i i i do my best to respond as much as i possibly can to to like direct messages sometimes um sometimes they get they get buried and i don't see them just because with the numbers comes a lot of messages so i don't always see all of them right away but if if someone if someone messages me about you know wanting to talk about some stuff like that i'll I'll always make the time to respond and everything because that helps me out just as much as it might help someone else out so so yeah feel free to reach out whenever whenever you may need it but yeah that's about all right cool man Uh, i appreciate you coming on here and uh Kind of sharing your story, walking us through everything. And uh, I'll put a link down below with like all the band stuff. Um, obviously the iron and ink stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh see if we can't get some Spotify links to put up some of the new stuff from the new front man of the band. Do they have stuff recorded with the new guy up there yet? Oh yeah, it, yeah. And yeah. they got a full full album and multiple singles since the new guy. So yeah, yeah, there's oh so that is him. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've heard that stuff then. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, dope. All right, sweet man. I'm going to go ahead and let you get out of here. And uh, thanks again for coming on. And I appreciate you. Absolutely. Have a good one, man. All right. Thanks. All right. See ya. There we go, guys. Got another episode recorded. Getting these out there. Really starting to to be consistent. I apologize for the inconsistencies. So this is me starting to get consistent. Anyway, Alec and I had a really good time. Uh, We are going to get together again in the future, kind of go over some things and see how he's doing, kind of how his journey is going since getting off of Kratom. So I'm excited to see how he's doing in the future. Uh, Besides that, I do want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. If you could just go ahead and rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and leave a review. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, Be honest, but leave a five-star review because I'm asking you to. So other than that, I hope you guys have a good day. Thanks for listening and enjoy the ride.